What's up, and welcome back to Living the Damn Dream. I'm Mike, she's Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing really great. Yeah, you're Thank in a you good mood. Asking. I called you up. You're like, you're feeling good. You're vibing today. I think it's going to be a good show. You're, you're in a good space. I am. I, I, I married my brother this past weekend. Um, Ex- not explain. actually like, yeah, I know. That's the, So that's what I posted to Instagram. And then I got a lot of um, uh, messages about that. People were concerned. And I had to clarify that I was officiating the wedding. Um, so, yes, yeah, so my brother got married in Atlanta. I went and I uh, helped him do that to his wife, not myself. Um, And it was really awesome. And then I just finished making a sketch today, which should actually probably come out tomorrow or the next day. And, you know, I just love creating. I love love. So I'm in a really good mood to talk about today's topic. Which is rejection. (laughs) Um, We'll get to that in a second. But first, I do want to say it's weird that there's no other word that marrying someone is the same word if you're you know, getting married to them or also marrying them as like the officiant or whatever. How have we not come up with a new word um, to differentiate it? Because that is a little bit weird. It is. It it makes for good comedy. So I'm all about it. I did not intentionally use that wording when I delivered the news on my social media. Um, And then I was like, oh, gosh, I should pretend that I did that on purpose because it's a great joke. Yeah. But now I I got to use it on the pod. So how about that? Nailed it. So yeah, we're talking about, uh, so that's all good stuff, and we are uh, in good moods to talk about some really uh, bad stuff this week. We're going to be talking about rejection, because we deal with that a lot, like so much uh, in this business. We're going to talk about how we deal with it, how much we actually get rejected, uh, career-wise, not in our dating lives, although I may tap because into that a little bit myself, too, because that happens I was going to say, Mike Mike does get rejected a lot, Very unfortunately. No. <laughs> it's, it's weird. We're going to talk about it. A lot of it is the same. Like, there's ghosting, there's... Just complete like messing up uh dating and job searching are very very similar it's it's really freaky um so we're gonna have some examples for you guys like some jobs we thought we were definitely gonna get but we ended up not getting we're gonna have uh, some real like specific things that i think are, will be really illuminating for you and then of course at the end we're gonna have our casting calls of the week and we got some really good ones this week so um it should be fun to see what we're up against but first sarah i want to shout out the good people of roanoke texas do you know anyone who lives there uh, not off the top of my head. Why? Okay, because, and thanks again, by the way, the last couple episodes, you guys have really been amping up. I think the HQ news helped us a lot, obviously. Uh, a lot more listeners coming in. Keep the reviews, the subscriptions, the downloads. We love it. But last week, I'm looking at the stats, and it tells you like where your listeners are based, what cities are the, are the most popular for our downloads and subscriptions. And number three, Los Angeles. Makes sense. You're an actress. I'm a host. A lot of media people out there. A lot of people in California want to hear what we're talking about, right? What up, LA? Yeah, shout out West Coast. Uh, Number two, New York City. Makes even more sense. We live here. We work here. Friends and family are here. All of our job networks and connections are here. That makes sense, right? Yep. Number one for our most popular city in the world for our listeners is Roanoke, Texas, a town of 6,100 people, according to the last uh, census estimates. It's like um, if you drew a triangle in Fort Worth and Dallas with the bottom two parts of the triangle, uh, Roanoke is basically the top point. And they're responsible for almost 3% of all of our listeners for a town of only 6,000 plus. 
I don't know who's there, but whoever it is, guys, we love you. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Hey, Roanoke. Uh, we just gave you a mini geography lesson, kids, if you <laughs> needed to learn something today and it doesn't need to be about rejection. There you go. Thanks for that, Mike. Perfect. Well, thanks to them for listening. And uh, That's if you, true. When we, whenever we do our, our uh, national tour and we go record live, maybe we'll start in Roanoke because you guys were there with us since day one. You so. deserve it. Appreciate for sure. It. Um, all right, let's talk rejection. Uh, let's get down to it because for every job that we do nail, for every HQ or Walmart or um, I'm just thinking of your hosting jobs, but your billboard, you you have you have billboard, you have right or like yeah, for me like my billboard mess. For every job we do get, there are so many that we don't. Um, so I guess my first question to toss it up, um, Sarah, just to give people an idea of kind of exactly what we're dealing with. How much rejection would you say that you actually experience? Can you put like a number on it or just a, a percentage? Uh, just to put some context to it for you. Um, it really depends. Um, I was thinking about it lately. Um, well, at the at the tail end of this year, I actually was having a really good tail end of the year, and my I was looking at the, you know, the the likelihood, like the amount that I was booking, and it was really really high. But I would say normally, I don't know, less than 25% of the jobs like that. And that's being optimistic. Yeah, I would say that sounds really good. Yeah, I would say I would say it's more like I would say 10% is like, well, you know, if I'm actually going on the audition, um, not just submitting online, I would say I would say 10% when it's good is is good. And that's a part of probably something we should like a line we should draw too between applying or getting to talk to someone versus once you actually get to the audition process because I feel like it's like dating again I'm going to say this at least 10 times throughout the course of the show I know it but it's different when you're talking to someone or trying to set up an online date like you may never hear back from them you may send a message but never hear from them at all once you get to that first date then yeah there's a, a much higher success rate of getting to date two once you get to an audition there's a much higher success rate of landing a job versus just sending something in um because when it comes to applying i would say it's like less than one percent for me oh yeah right? for sure when if i'm just submitting myself for a job and that is on like an online sort of thing where you're just submitting your picture or the your reel that you have um yeah I would I would say for sure. I don't know. I don't know the exact. I'm trying to think about the odds. I I guess I submit for I don't know anywhere between five five and ten jobs a day. Is that a really? Lot? That's a lot. Yeah, I think that's a lot. Wow. Maybe. Yeah, and I'm really only getting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting called for very many of them. <laughs> so it's pretty low. Yeah, because for me, I'd say maybe it's like five to ten a month. Um, but again. With acting, I think it's different because a lot of times these jobs for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, can be one-off things, one-day things, or short-term commitments, whereas most of the stuff I look for is something that's going to be longer-lasting. Um, so yeah. you don't want to commit to 10 different jobs because you're not going to be able to do them if you're in my shoes. Um, I don't really have numbers either, but I do remember one time so before I started with the Mets uh, last year, and I knew I was going to be with them probably like around a little more than a year ago now. So like early winter of last year, uh, between when little things shut down, which was when we were together. And when I learned about the Mets, I was keeping track just because I was curious. And at one point I was, I got to over 220 jobs I applied for without even getting one like interview or audition or anything, just sending all these applications out, all these letters out, emails, whatever. 
and not hearing back from anybody. And over the course of nine or 10 months, that's depressing. Like that really gets to you. That's that's all. That it's a lot. I have a couple stats that I can refer to in oh, a yeah, different sense. It. So I'll put it this way. So when I uh, this past year, you know, I shot the show for the CW. I had a feature come out with Scott Wolf. Um, so I was kind of on a roll and I was I was hosting HQ. I, I had stuff going on um, and I was looking for new representation um, you know, an uh, agent or a manager for TV and film stuff. And I sent out 50 emails, five zero, and I heard back from two people and they both said no. And so I sent out 50 emails. I literally only got two responses and, and both, both of those were, were no's. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. And then I have another stat for you. This is kind of a running joke, actually, in my, in my mind. At this point, it's ridiculous. So... I was getting sent out for these like reporter type roles on TV shows for a while. Um, I think I had, I don't know, at least like five to seven auditions where it's, they're really hard because you just get a chunk of, you know, like a monologue that kind of like is the, sets the exposition for the scene. And you just go in, you say it like a newscaster and you leave. And it's just a bunch of stuff about nothing that is actually happening in real life. And, you know, whatever. It's total crapshoot. So I I literally had, like I said, about five to seven of these over the course of a couple of months. And I didn't book a single one of them. So like by the time I was going in for the seventh one, I was like, I at this point, I don't even like this is such a joke. Am I ever going to want at the, I just want to get one of these so I can check off the role of reporter, you know, on my resume and put it in my reel and be done with it already. Um so there you go. Yeah, like seven different reporter roles, and uh, I didn't book one of them. Ugh, that sucks. Sorry to hear that. And it's and I have a I have a background in journalism. I was gonna say you what know what hell? you're doing. If you can't play a reporter, who can? Yeah, whatever. So there you go. So how... those are some stats. So we deal with a lot of rejection. We get told no a lot, um, or sometimes we don't get told anything. And uh... I would say for the most part, we don't get told anything. Let's let's. Now let's put that out there first, because I think people a lot of times think that, yeah, you hear back about stuff there. It is ninety nine percent. You do not hear back. Yeah. So let's go there. And then because um, I think originally I think in the Google Doc we had, it was like, how do we deal with all this rejection we experience? But I think it's you're right. Let's talk about the different kinds there are, because there's a lot. Um, would you say? Yeah. So never hearing back, I'd say is 90 percent of the things that I reach out to at least. Yep. Yeah. Most of the times you don't hear an answer. You only hear back if they want to book you, if they want to see more. Yeah. That's that's when you hear back. Which is um, tough. That gets really frustrating sometimes, too, because you feel like you're doing all this stuff and no one's ever seeing you. You're just screaming into an empty space. Um, the best is when people are asking for specific like self-tape links and you'll upload a video to YouTube and you'll send it to them and you'll see the stats a month later that nobody ever ended up watching it. And you're like, what the hell? Like, did no one ever get this? Did someone just see something else like my resume and decide, oh, I'm not even going to look at his video because we don't like him for whatever other reason? It can be really discouraging to feel like you're doing all this and it's literally going nowhere. So that's definitely and, and like it's the thing we deal with the most and also the thing that I hate the most. Yeah, it's it's tricky. And I think the only cure for that is just time. You know, you just develop thicker skin. You understand that like that's the way it goes. But it, it's funny because, you know, I go, I think you're right. As an actor, I go on a lot more auditions because a lot of times it's just a one day shoot for a commercial or your TV role or whatever it is. 
And so a lot of times I'll go and I know before I go what the shoot date is for the project because, you know, you have to make sure you're obviously available for that. So if I'm not available, I'm not going to go. So I go and then I don't hear anything. And if I ha- I've, I usually just like randomly pick a date in my head. I'm like, well, they have to have had booked it by this point in time if it shoots now. And that's when I like kind of write it off as like I did not book this thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I mentally like, well, just, and that might not even be accurate. I might be choosing a date that really, I don't know. I just randomly will choose a date and I'm like, okay, guess I didn't book that. Yeah, you got to know to move on and just let it go. Um, Again, like dating, if I reached out to a girl like on a hinge and I send a message and it's been over a week and I haven't heard back. Okay, I'm probably not hearing back. It's just, it's just the way it goes and you have to get mentally around that. So that's the one way that we get rejected is just by never getting told anything at all. Um, what about just a straight no? Do you ever get a lot of those where they say, sorry, not interested, no reasons, nothing behind it? No, sometimes I'll get, so there's this thing, um, in acting, um, that is called like being put on, basically they put you on a hold. So sometimes I'll be put on hold, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'll have booked the project, but you know, my agent will be like, you need to hold for this date. Um, and so I will hold for that date. And then a couple days later, I will get an email from her that says, okay, you can release the date. So that's my no. That's a no. (laughs) That's, that's literally what my no looks like. I never get a reason. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example though. I, you know, at this point I don't try to analyze it. If I had a bad audition, then maybe, you know, I think about what I could do better. But for a lot of these things, you know, I feel like I go in it's a look thing they you know or whatever it's a vibe and I went in for a casting this past week where they were seeing both guys and girls for the same role so clearly they don't know what they're looking for yet and they might not know till they see it so it's like I can't even take that personally because they don't know what race or gender or age or you know they they're really unsure of it so if I just don't fix the box that they want to check in the end I you know there's nothing I can do about that. I think that's the hardest thing. It took me a long time to realize that because I'm this personality, this mindset where, oh, I can make someone like me or I can make them think that I am what they want, even if it wasn't originally what they were looking for. If they're looking for a blonde woman, but no, I'm going to go in and be so great that they won't be able to resist me and they're going to realize the mistake they made in the first place. And you realize it takes time. And I took a long time with that, that sometimes, no, like you're literally just not the look or the thing they want. And there's right, they're trying to sell to a certain it. market. They're trying to sell to a certain market or whatever, and like you're not that, so it doesn't make sense for them to cast you. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It took me a while as well. I used to think that I could change minds because I was so likable. No, no, but no that is that not the case. That's not the case. How about what do you think? Do you ever have you ever gotten like straight nose or nose with reasons? Uh, a lot of times for both. Yeah, um, when I do hear back, uh, this happens mostly with bigger corporations. If I have applied for, say, a hosting job with like an intercom radio station or iHeartRadio or uh, a Sinclair Broadcasting Group TV network, something like that, where you have to apply through their website and you're not talking to anyone directly and they just come back to you from an automated email address saying, thanks for applying, but we've decided to move on in a different direction. 
best of luck. And they don't tell you why. They don't tell you who they decided to go with. Sometimes they don't even go with anyone. They just turn the job down and shut it down. Um, so I get a lot of that. Mostly when I go for bigger companies, bigger stuff like that, I definitely get a lot of these forum boilerplate letters that say, thanks but no thanks. And that's literally it. And you can't even follow up with anybody. You get no criticism or any notes. It's, those are hard too. I mean, rejection is never easy, but it's always tough when you don't have something you can hang on to to try and make yourself better. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I mean, like, I, I think, I, I almost, I don't know if I even want a no at this, I, I, the no or the no with reasons. I'm literally so used to not getting any response. Isn't that crazy? So, I'm just yeah, so, so what, used to so not rather, being you'd rather communicated have, with. You'd rather hear nothing back than to hear no, no that's with a, reasons? No, that's a bold-faced lie. Okay. I would totally rather get a no with reasons. All right. I'm just checking because that would be the same thing. Um, at least that way you have something to, to hang your hat on. To, make, to better yourself or, like, again, you know what was out of your control and there was nothing that you could have done. Yeah, so those are tough. Um, here are – now we're getting to the good stuff, though. Like, no's with – with suggestions, with notes, um, do you get those a lot where they'll say, hey, you're not going to work out here. This is why. I don't think I can remember a time um, that I got that. But I'm going to keep racking my brain while you discuss. Uh, yeah, uh, if you have any good ones, for sure. Because for me, um, I don't get it so much with jobs. I get it more with um Probably like looking for agents or talking to producers, like pitching ideas. I get a lot more rejection with notes. Uh, okay, for example, yes, I, I agree with that. Yeah, it's like, oh, that idea, that's a social media clip. That's a one-minute clip. We're looking for a 10-minute show idea. That's not going to work. Whereas for me, in my mind, I'm like, no, I can make it work with anything. But then a producer will say, like, no, we know our audience. We know our brand. It's not going to work. Or with agents, like... Yeah, you're not, and we'll save this for a longer episode on agents, I think, but yeah, you're not what we're looking for because, you know, right now, white guys doing sports. We have 10 of them on the roster. We don't have room for any others with our clients, that kind of thing. So with that, I'll get a lot more no's with, uh, with notes, but when I'm looking at actual jobs, um, unless once in a while I will get something like, oh, we decided to go with a female voice or we decided to go with somebody younger, I'll get those maybe like once or twice a year where they legitimately tell me, why uh but most times yeah i don't really get many notes or suggestions just a lot of you're great just not great enough for us so like keep up the good yep. work and good luck with okay. everything else i definitely have a couple of those examples as well so um my hosting agent that i'm currently with um when i first reached out to him before hq i was doing little things and i had done you know emails kind of like i had mentioned earlier in this episode and he wrote me back which i you know, a simple like acknowledgement of the time that I took, you know, that I took the time to write you an email is definitely always appreciated. So, yeah, a no, even if it's a no, is preferred to not getting any response, which is what we get for the most part. But he wrote me back and he said, hey, like, I think you're super charismatic and, you know, definitely, you know, light up the screen. However, in the hosting, it was a hosting agent, like I said, in the hosting world right now, we're looking for credentialed experts, uh, reality show stars, and uh, there was something else. I don't remember what it was. But they were like three specific niches that I did not fill. And I mean, I tried. I wrote them back and I was like, uh, I'm an expert mixologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. 
<laughs> yeah, I tried. And he was just like, no, thanks so much. And the funny thing is then later down the road, uh, once HQ happened, he reached back out to me and he was like, so how about we give this a go? And I was like, oh, look, who's coming to talk mm-hmm. to me now? Yep. Um, and he did not get that contract because he wasn't with me when I signed that contract. So look at that. Anyway, um, and then, so there's that. So I totally agree with the agent thing. Same agent actually gave me a no on my pet show idea that I shot last summer. Mm. I sent I sent him the sizzle and I was like, can you pitch this around for me? And he said, no, it's too vanilla. Vanilla was his reason. Mm. Um, and he wanted something. I was like, it's a, it's a pet show for laughs. Like, of course it's vanilla. Yeah, it's the, by also, design, it's vanilla. Yeah. And also like you can dirty anything up. It's very easy to change interview questions to be, you know, grimier or more sexual or whatever it is that you like for a brand that you're trying to get to sponsor a talk show. I think vanilla is the way to go. You can't really do it in reverse. Like they're like, oh, this is woo. This is too much for us. You know, and so that was hard to hear because I really thought that I had a winner of an idea. So now I'm pitching that on my own. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely think agents and ideas. Those are those are where we get the notes for sure. Which that's their job, right there. You think of all the stereotypical agents on TV or in movies, whoever plays them, Jerry Maguire, um, Ari Gold. That character is, hey, I'm going to tell it to you straight because I'm, I am I make money when you make money. And if I don't think you're going to make me any money, I'm going to tell you why. So uh, on the one hand, it's appreciated because it's always good to have constructive criticism. But no one ever likes getting rejected or told that their ideas suck. So um, that's still tough to, to get, even if it's from coming from a good place. Yeah, like definitely. I, I had a conversation with an agent uh, last week. I don't have a hosting agent. Every job I've had, for the most part, I've gotten on my own. Or I know this agent who sends me some stuff once in a while, but we're not like officially partners together. So I had a call with a different one, and I said, hey, give it to me straight. Like, Here's my reel. Tell me what you think. And uh, we're a generation that's full of false encouragement sometimes, right? My grandma has said I'm the best uh, sportscaster she's ever seen for like 20 straight years. And that's, yeah, I what, love and your that's what we're told, right? Or on Instagram, yeah. like you get all these comments, people telling you, you're looking, you're doing great. This is so funny. Uh, so like, you never know. It's like, what's the real deal? So I told her, I said, Hey, give me it straight. And she, she was nice. She sandwiched with some compliments, but she like cut me to shreds about a lot of stuff and things that some of it I kind of knew deep down and just never wanted to acknowledge it. Some criticisms I never had even thought of before about my on-camera presence. And it was like, wow, this is like rejection in a new way because all I wanted was some feedback and I got it. So I wasn't rejected per se, but it still makes you feel like, oh man, am I actually any good at this? Uh, but it's better than having it's always nothing. hard. You can always work on it. For sure. But it's, it's definitely always hard to hear that. Even when I'm self-taping for auditions sometimes and I'm getting notes from you know, my partner um, or the person that's helping me tape, like, yes, I want that feedback, but I also like want to think I'm the best right out of, right out of the gate. Yeah, exactly. And that's not true. <laughs> you know, it's just not. Um, but yeah. Okay. So how about, um, how about um, the jobs maybe that you have and then you get ghosted? Is that where we're going next? Uh, yeah, so that one I like to call breadcrumbing because I read an article about this. It's like the new ghost thing. So this is, happens uh, in dating. It happens where like you go on a date, things go well, you're texting afterward, you're trying to set up a second date, or maybe you go on two or three dates, and then all of a sudden the texts become 
a little less frequent, the plants become a little bit more flaky, and nobody ghosts anyone, it just kind of slowly falls apart. Like the term is because you're leaving breadcrumbs and slowly but surely there are fewer and fewer crumbs and then you just lose the the trail. I love that. I don't think I could be single and pursue a career in entertainment. It just sounds like too much heartbreak. It really is. I mean, let me tell you, the amount of, you know, hinge and bumble messages and job applications and auditions I send versus the success rate. It's not good, um, but that's why I have this podcast so that you know I can talk to you and let it all out and vent because it's tough. Oh gosh, cry to me, Mike. Cry Ugh, to me. That's what we're here for. Uh, yeah, next week's, right. next week's episode, just Mike's romantic failures, and you're going to be my uh, my psychologist, uh, pretty much. For sure. Um, so for this uh, one, a place we both worked in the past, I think you more recently than me, uh, Amazon is a great example. Um, we both hosted together um, a video there. This is like, what, two years ago now almost? Wow. I think so, yeah. Man. So I went in there. Um, I auditioned with them. They liked me enough to bring me back to do an actual legitimate live video, which you and I co-hosted. And then after that, it was, um, yeah, we stay in touch. I send, like, my invoice. I get paid. They ask my availability to come back next month. I give them the dates. They say we'll be in touch. I never hear back. I reach out. Hey, guys, do you still want to talk? I hear back, like, a week later. Yeah, definitely. Things are crazy. Um, Yada, yada. Then I don't hear anything. I follow up a few months later. Nothing. Follow up again. Next thing you know, it's like two years later, I haven't heard back from anybody there ever. And I was just a one-hit wonder there. And it makes you wonder, like, what happened? What did I do wrong or where did things go differently? Um, so that's one example for sure where, yeah, I, was, I thought I was in and then you kind of get rejected after the fact. Yeah, Amazon was a weird one for me too. Um, I, I actually hosted them for like eight months regularly, mm, yeah, every go. single week. And um, pretty much regularly. Sometimes, uh, so basically... A little background information. Amazon does this um, show on their homepage that's very, like, similar to a QVC type thing Mm -hmm. where they're just – it's a live stream where they're just trying to sell different products that they have on their, you know, online platform. And so they have hosts that are talking about the products that they want to push and selling them. Um, So I – yeah, I auditioned as well. I went and then I started hosting. I, I went in for they they were doing it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And sometimes I would go in two days, like Tuesday and Wednesday and do a couple different segments. And I worked with them for, yeah, about eight months. And then all of a sudden it started getting a little less frequent and then just nothing like they wouldn't even respond to me. Um, and at one point I did get an answer. I think it was something like, again, they were looking for people who were experts in their field. Okay, let me just rant for a minute. Rant, do I've, it. I've looked at who their experts are now. These are like people who have, you know, that are fashion forward influencers on Instagram. They don't, I mean, they have somewhat of a following. They have bigger followings than I do. But I would say anywhere between 50 to 100,000 followers. And they like, you know, post about lifestyle and clothing brands and stuff like that. So that's what they meant because I've definitely done a little stalking since and tried to like figure out where I went wrong or what's going on. So apparently I wasn't fashion forward enough for them or I just did not have enough followers, one or the other, maybe both. Um, The whole we want an expert or we want X or Y or Z, a lot of times it's just a bullshit front for we want somebody with more followers. We want someone more famous and they just have to think of a different way to say it than you don't have enough followers. I think that's the case in a lot of places. Yeah, but I mean, not I think necessarily it there, me, but I think that happens a lot. 
Yeah, it took me a long time to even get an answer, though. I mean, it, I was ghosted. And then, uh, well, I would say, actually, no, I think they gave me an answer as to why they were booking me less frequently. And then I completely got ghosted. That's kind of how it went. Mm. Uh, all that said, Amazon, if you're listening, Sarah and I are both ready, willing, and available to come back. Um, we loved it there, so just reach and out. And we love being treated like shit, so, you know, just call us. <laughs> <laughs> but I would be down, for real. Um, uh, honestly, honestly, me too. Um, also, though, this is not unusual behavior because for anyone that listened to me talk about my relationship with HQ, they also ghosted me for like a year um still to this day don't know why have no idea um but once again when they reached out to me after a year of no contact no emails no explanation I happily said yes please mistreat me again (laughs) hey you know what it's a great gig and it's working money and it's doing what we love so yes yes no they didn't mistreat me I shouldn't say mistreat because when I was there it wasn't like I was mistreated but I I mean it in the sense that like these like abusive relationships where someone ends it without actually ending it then they call you up and you're like yes I'll take you back no problem no questions asked it's like so dating really, again that's the it's fifth time like dating. take a shot every yep. time it comes up yep so uh, i am not a stranger to being ghosted in the career that we are in yeah it's it's rough um the good times though and the, so i'm trying to think of, of the rejections that are actually positive Whenever you get a rejection that's like, hey, it's not the right fit right now, but let's stay in touch. Or if I think of something else down the road, we'll be in touch to you or, you know, keep us posted. A lot of times that's lip service. I've gotten so many times where people say that and then you do reach out a month or two later or even six months later and they never come back to you and you get ghosted that way. So a lot of times they say that just to be nice. But on rare occasions, it actually happens. And that's actually the dream. Um, Have you gotten those? Ever? Um, yes. With one agent, actually. Yeah. Well, I was actually with this agent. We worked together for a number of years. And then she was like, I don't have room for you and the other blonde girls that are mid-20s on my roster. So I have to cut you. But, like, stay in touch. And, like, six years later, she was liking my Instagram post. And I reached back out. And I was like, hey, I see you're liking my content. Any chance you want to give it another shot and she said yes and we're working together boom that's perfect um so i had there you a go. similar thing with um my current gig at msg where i reached out to the producers maybe a couple of years ago and said hey here's my sports reel we'd love to chat about getting something going and you know the guy said no we got nothing right now but stay in touch and uh, i did every four or five months i would send a new reel he said it looked great whatever still nothing and then it took about a year and a half two years but uh, when I reached back out to just say, hey, hope all's well, that's when he's like, hey, actually, you got a great audition tomorrow. Do you want to come in and try for it? And I landed the, the gig. So uh, a lot there of times some of those people actually do it. Um, I got actually one message. Uh, this is two weeks ago now. So this is a fresh one. Uh, listen to this. So I, I applied for this uh, game show pilot, uh, national TV pilot. So it seemed like a big deal about people who are fanatics about something, sports, a pop culture brand, whatever. Um, And this was nice to hear. So I submitted and they wrote back, um, hi, Mike, thank you for your submission. You were one of our top five choices out of 450 plus auditions. Damn. On the one hand, makes me feel great because, you know, that's top of the class. On the other, it's like, oh, I was top five, but you didn't give it to me. Like, what could I have done differently? 
Um, There are so many things we like about you, but this time we've chosen someone else. We look forward to seeing your star rise as we're sure it will. And at this point in the message, I'm like, oh, they're just BSing me again, like trying to sound nice. They copy pasted this to everybody. Uh, But then he said, this is our first initiative into film and TV, but we'd love to have your information for other roles because we plan on doing more of this. Can we have your number and email? It's like, oh, so like an actionable step, which was really cool. Because then it's like, all right, they're not just bullshitting me. They Blowing smoke, yeah. And staying in touch, which is great. So that's the ideal. Yeah, I love that. That just so rarely happens. But when it does, yeah, like you said, it's it's gold. So we've talked about a lot of rejection, and that's the norm. That's what we're faced with pretty much every day. Um, so how do you deal with it? <laughs> Alcohol, Personally. Uh, which you don't have the luxury of using to deal with it. But, but a lot of I times used I to. <laughs> I used to. That definitely used to help. Now that I've been in it long enough, I guess I don't need that anymore. Yeah. I mean, um, so that's that's secretly one thing, right? I didn't even think about this, but you mentioned it now and you mentioned it a little bit before. Um, time helps you deal with it. Um, the more rejection you deal with, the more you learn how to deal with it and like your own You just develop thicker right? skin. Yeah. Yeah. You learn it's not personal for the most part, you know. You do the best where you can, and then you have to let the rest go. And that's just the nature of the business, you know? I mean, that's really life. You just have to mm-hmm. put the best foot forward and then have faith and kind of let go of the rest and, you know, accept the things you can change, cannot change. That, I'm trying to do the serenity prayer. <laughs> right, right, right. The power to uh, accept, accept the things I can't. Accept the things you cannot the change, the courage whatever. to change. Yes, the the courage to change the things you can, the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, you guys but, like, know that's it. a, It's stitched on a pillow on your sofa or something or on Etsy right yeah, now. Yeah, but it's it it's true. You know, you really have to learn what it is that you can change. And there's a lot that you can't. So you have to let go of that. And, um, you know, HQ was great for me in terms of also developing thick skin for like, cyberbullying and criticism and that that's a whole other form of rejection you know when the people were in the chat saying negative things you know it it used to definitely cut a bit and you know but I I think that I'm so thankful for that experience because I just care a little bit less what people think about me now you know I do things for me and if I think it's good work, then it should be, it's good work. You know, screw the other people. Yeah, if you're happy with it and you feel that it's worthy of what you're putting into it, then you're the only person that you really have to impress. And you kind of realize over the years, you know, you learn to laugh about it too sometimes. Like, hey, I've sent out 100 applications I haven't heard back. That's just how it goes. Because then all you need to hit is that one job um, and it kind of happens. I got an email actually, uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. So this is, again, over a year ago, I applied for a position down your old neck of the woods, uh, 6ABC down in Philly. Did you ever watch that growing up? Yeah. So there was a position, this must have been over a year ago, before I got the Mets job. And it was for like a community journalist type thing. Oh, sweet, I found it. Thank you, Gmail Archives. This is great. Um, It was a position, like, I don't know, you go around town, check out whatever new sandwich shop is opening or go to like something. You know these new local news, you know, on-air people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is perfect. I can do this in my sleep. I apply. This is one of those where I never hear back from anybody. Just completely silence. And then I get an email. Uh, this is the end of January this year. So more than a year later, I'd completely forgotten what this position even was. And I get an email from someone there. Um, hey, I'm taking a look at your application right now. Is this a position you're still interested in? If so, let's set up a call. Let me know a day and time that works for you. 
It's like, what? You waited a year later to even reach out to me at all. That is crazy. And I literally just started laughing at my computer screen when I read it because that's the that's the business, right? We learned about this. And whereas when I was 23, maybe I would have said, oh, yes, absolutely. Like, let's set up a call. This is great. Uh, and I wanted that validation. Now I just chuckle and it's like, no, you missed the boat. I got a lot of great gigs now in here in New York. I'm not going to go to Philly full time. Uh, to do this job that you know came about at a time when I was really struggling for stuff. So thanks, but no thanks. And I got to do a rejection back, which felt really nice for once to turn the tables. Hell yeah. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. But you're right. Not it's, that we're it's, like... it's good life advice. You just got to, you know, serenity prayer, whatever. The problem is you and I chose a career where we have to deal with that literally multiple times a day. Whereas All the most time. people do it, you know. Not that often. But that's the other... So here's my other way to deal with it. It's a numbers game, right? At the end of the day, it really is a numbers game. Mm -hmm. So the other way to deal with it is to just make sure you're on top of your game. You know, you have your materials together. You're sending your stuff out. And, like, at the end of the the day, like, you're going to strike it a couple of times because you're just putting it out there over and over and over and over. So that's, for me, like, the more auditions I'm going on obviously you know the more that i'm submitting myself for things the more emails i'm sending agents the more likely it is that i'm going to get that thing right it's like uh, i always think about real estate agents how they only have to sell two nice houses a year and the commission is a good year's salary but they're out there every single weekend doing open houses everything it's like you said a numbers game uh and the more you put out there the better chance you're going to hit at least something. And I think you also have to believe in yourself. That's how I deal with it a lot. Um, You have to know deep down somewhere in your gut that you are good at this and you are doing the right thing and that you look at past jobs and successes you've had and hey, they wouldn't have hired me and let me do my thing for a year, two years for them if I wasn't actually good at this. So you have to almost be self-delusional a little bit, but self-confidence is a big thing and you have to know, yeah, I belong. This is something that I, I... I'm going to work out in and that these rejections are just speed bumps. I think in addition to that, for me, it's also remembering the reason I got into this in the first place. So it's, it's remembering my intention behind it, right? It's not measuring my success in the number of jobs. It's like, for me, I, I got into acting because I love to make people feel things, whether it's like laughing or crying or anger or whatever, or walking, you know, seeing things from another person's point of view, telling stories so when I remember that that's why I'm doing it, it does make it a little bit easier, too, because I know I'm in it for the long haul for the right reasons. Right, right, right. Love it. What, before we get to our casting calls of the week, which are jobs that we're not going to get rejected from because we're not going to apply it to them because they're crazy. Um, what's the one? <laughs> and I asked you this a couple days ago so that you can get ready for it. So I'm sure I brought up some real bad memories. What's the most heartbreaking rejection you've ever gotten? It's like the job that you were positive you were going to land. Nobody else was more perfect for it than you. And then you didn't get it. Do you have one, five, ten? Yeah. No, I have one. I have one for sure. And I don't remember. I think I did discuss it on here before, but I'm going to bring it up again. When I was 16 or 17, I was I was a junior in high school. And I got pulled from my high school's production of Les Miserables to go do this special performance of Les Miserables in New York on Broadway. And I got I got cast as Fontaine. And literally the week before the Broadway performance, because it was a, a special show, like a one weekend only type thing, they told me that they were 
actually going to uncast me from Fontaine and put me in the chorus, and they gave the part to this opera singer's daughter. Ugh. It was horrible. So, But I learned very early on about what this business is and how brutal it can be. So in a way, it kind of set me up to to know that like that's what I was getting myself into. It is weird to say, hey, I, I want all that rejection as young as possible. But yeah, you're kind of right when I think about it. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, mine's recent. So yours was when you were younger. Mine was when I was older. Um, and I'm kind of the reverse of you. I had a lot of success early on. You know, whatever I wanted to do in high school or college, I got to do it. And that probably set me up for, you know, harder roads ahead. Um, it was the WWE job. And we talked about this uh, on a recent episode, too. So we're just both reopening old wounds, uh, which is great. <laughs> um, but, Sobbing uh, here in the closet. Uh, I know, yeah, talking in our closets and just picking at the scabs of our deepest, uh, darkest insecurities. It's great. Um, yeah, this was last uh, year. And I... It was a digital on-air role for WWE. I've been a digital personality forever. I'd interviewed so many pro wrestlers in the past for my other jobs. I sent them a customized reel that I made just for this job, which I almost never do because I would drive myself crazy if I did that every time. I'm a huge wrestling fan. I watch it all the time. I tweet about it. And I'm like, this is like, sometimes you just get that feeling. Do you, do you ever get that where you're applying for a job and you just know like, oh yeah, something in the universe is telling me that I'm, this is the one for me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I I had that with the Mets. I had that with the Padres. Some jobs you just know. And this one, I had that same gut feeling. And it's like, man, something in the the stars is just working out for me. And we had a couple phone interviews. I went up there for an in-person audition, which I thought I crushed. Um, Everything was going great. And then it started that breadcrumbing thing we talked about earlier. It's, yeah, we'll let you know by the end of next week. We want to make a decision quickly. I never hear. Then it's, oh, we're going to, you know, we're postponing the decision-making process for a little bit. Um, hey, we haven't forgot about you. We'll let you know. Um, but it's always me trying to reach out. And then finally, I got the call. I remember I was on a rooftop in New York last summer getting lunch with a friend. And I get the call. Hey, we're just going with a different direction. You know, it's not you or whatever. And uh, I got some feedback, which was nice. Uh, about why they didn't pick me, but it was still gutting because it ended up being about a six-month process from when I first applied to when I finally uh, got told no. And then uh, the job went to a bunch of people. They hired like four or five different people to rotate, but one of the people was someone that I worked with at another job at the time um, who did not work out at that job, didn't last there for a week, and yet ended up getting this like dream job that I wanted at the time. And that just that just the knife got twisted um, extra. So that's that's hard. And I don't even tough. know if we like watching. It's hard watching friends or even non friends, just people that you know from jobs and their work ethic and things like that. Then get the jobs that you have auditioned for that you want. It's just tricky. It's it's hard to like remember that you're on your own path and. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has their you got to celebrate your victories. And, you know, there's also going to be all that rejection along there with it. Yeah, a lot of it. And sometimes it helps if you know the person you're like, oh, they're actually they're a nice guy or they're a cool girl. They do work hard. They deserve it. That lessens this thing a little bit. But if you do, you know, someone that you hear bad stories about or that you've worked with personally and it's like, what, they got it over me? Uh, It can be really tough. But like you say, with with wisdom or with the experience comes wisdom and and we learn how to deal with that and and stay in our own lane, which is tough to do, but you got to do it. All right. Casting call of the week. 
Casting call of the week. Am uh, I going first on this? Um, I'll go first because I have no idea first. what yours is, and I'm very excited to hear about it. So we're going to save that for a second. Um, mine was, I just love all of the, um, the adjectives that were used uh, in this posting. So uh, this job is looking for, and this part was in all caps, a live streaming event shot from a luxury cruise line, which travels from New York to Miami. So already I'm trying to think of what the clientele uh, on these cruises are, especially in the time of coronavirus. Um, seeking, host, seeking host of this live streaming voyage, high energy, articulate, slight humor. So I guess not too much humor, just slight. Uh, appearance, <laughs> hipster, glamour, yacht tea, uh, whatever yachty appearance looks like. Yachty, yeah. like Lil Yachty? I'm like guessing the not like Lil Yachty. I'm thinking more like Martha's Vineyard. But if I showed up okay. for this audition in like my little yachty <laughs> outfit, that would be. Please go and just said I really thought you said he, <laughs> you meant yachty as in little yeah, little yachty. I misread the casting. Um, uh, that would be good content as a joke video, like something that you and I should go on and have somebody secretly filming it just for their reaction. Very funny. Um, so his or her words are lyrical. His or her demeanor alluring, and this is where it gets really amazing. And his or her wit is rife with scuttlebutt, nautical know-how, and just the right <laughs> amount of saltiness. Should I apply to this job? I, you know, Mike, I think you got it all. I, I think you got the glamour, the hipster. Do I have the, the scuttlebutt? Do I have enough? Am I rife enough with what scuttlebutt? What does that even mean? Holy oh my shit, gosh. That's amazing. I need to see the person who wrote that casting notice. Like... How do you even come up with that? Wow. I, it's like a, a sailing term uh, generator online or something. I saw that and it, it gave me a laugh. So I knew that I had to bring that to you guys this week. So that's a job that I'll probably not be applying for. I just don't have enough nautical know-how. You know, I know everything else. I had everything else in that casting call, but port and starboard I got. After that, I don't have enough to be on the high seas. So I think I'm going to pass on that on that job. Um Yours, all you wrote in the Google Doc is mental Easter bunny. So I would love to hear what is going on there. I thought I sent this to you, but that's fine. Okay. So this is uh, from Casting Networks. It is a short film and it's called Revenge of the Easter Bunny. Oh boy. Um, the compensation is no pay. So very excited. <laughs> very excited already about that one. Um, don't even know if I'm getting a copy of of the the thing that we're filming. That's that's a bummer. At least usually they write like you know real or credit. This one it just literally flat out says no pay, and then the role is for that of the Easter Bunny. Um, they're looking for a male or female, uh, 18 to 25, Caucasian. Um, Are you in a suit? Does that matter or well, is a let's bunny? let's. I'm not sure. So description. The Easter Bunny is an escaped mental patient in an Easter Bunny suit. Oh, so, okay. yes, they're in a suit, but do you see their face ever? I'm not sure. Um, they are just trying to hide out in Juju's place and get some rest. Classic. But Juju, Juju thinks they're the real Easter Bunny, and they are there to eat children. The poor Easter Bunny wants to be left alone to take a nap. And that is the end of that casting notice. That's it. That's all it says. Wow. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of good in there. Um, 
basically you get to be in an Easter bunny suit. Um, you don't get paid. I mean, the part that works for me is that the, the Easter bunny just wants to be left alone to take a nap because I feel like I really identify with that. And as we so, discussed last week, satisfied sleeper, you know how to play that easily. So that would be perfect for your skill set. The only thing is I'm not really about the eating children part. Oh, that's, that, that's your deal breaker? That's the deal breaker for it. me. The rest I think I could <laughs> I could get get with, but that part I, I don't know how I feel about eating children. Oh Maybe gosh. adults, but not children. Did they? This is just. Uh, did they say where they're distributing this, or just a short film? Just it just says short film, and they're requesting submissions from New Jersey and New York. That's where all the mental Easter bunnies are. So I understand yeah. the, their thought process there. Wow. All right. So we've got the uh, the scuttlebutt yachty and the mental Easter bunny this week. Uh, those were our casting calls of the week, neither of which we will be applying to. Unless you are. Are you or no? No, I did yeah, not I apply. Didn't think so. <laughs> it's mostly because I actually I didn't fit the age bracket. I'm oh. not I'm not between 18 and 25. Oh, which again is going to be a role spent mostly inside of a suit, I imagine. So how you look uh, is interesting that they have that parameter on. But hey, <laughs> to each their own. Uh, well, Sarah, I'm glad you did not, you did not reject uh, doing this podcast this week to talk about rejection. I think this was a good catharsis for me. I hope it was for you too. For sure. I mean, listen, this is this is our life. This is this is what we have chosen somehow, which is why we called our podcast, you know, what it's called. Yeah, it's on us. Uh, it's funny. I think you sent me uh, a DM that you got last week where some guy was ripping on us. And he was like, oh, if you want, if you don't want to get rejected so much, why don't you move to L.A. to be an actress? And it's like, yes. yeah, if only this business was that easy, that we can just move somewhere or do something slightly different and get all the jobs. We would love it. Our lives would be a lot easier. Thanks for the advice, buddy. Yeah, really appreciate it. Guy with no uh, profile picture on his Instagram. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of, Sarah, where can everybody find out more about you if they want to uh, You can find along? me across all the platforms at, 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 Jesus. Wow. Just re- <laughs> I'm just rejecting myself. Use your English words. Right now. Yeah. Um, my mouth is rejecting language. It, at Sarah Priebus. He's at Mike Janella. And uh, thanks again for listening. Thank you, people in Ro- Roanoke. Roanoke, Is Texas. Ro- Shout them out. Yeah. Thank you, Roanoke, Texas. And uh, guys, thanks for joining us on this journey while we keep living the damn dream. 